Hello friends, and welcome to another moment, a Black History Moment with Bo. And I hope this day finds you well and in good shape for this fall weather that is beginning to come upon us. And we know along with this fall weather comes those aches and pains that are natural to our knees and our hips and our shoulders. And we accept that because we are living life. And that is one of the things that come along with living life. But what we don't have to accept is discrimination. And I, for one, are not accepting the things that I cannot change. I am changing the things that I cannot accept with discrimination being right there on the top of the list because it is not our differences that divide us. It is our inability to recognize, accept, and celebrate those differences. So with that being said, my friends, it is once again time for us to slip into darkness. In 1910, in Slocum, Texas, officially saw between 8 and 22 African Americans killed, and evidence suggests casualties were 10 times these amounts. Yet the massacre has become a dirty Lone Star secret, remarkable more for the inattention it has received than for its remembrance. Unlike most Texas communities in the early 20th century, the unincorporated town of Slocum, like Rosewood, Florida, was largely African-American, with several black citizens considerably propertied and a few owning stores and other businesses. This alone, in parts of the South, might have been enough to foment violence. But in the area around Slocum, roughly 100 miles east of Waco, there were other issues, according to newspaper reports and other sometimes conflicting accounts of the massacre. When a white man reportedly tried to collect a disputed debt from a well-regarded black citizen, a confrontation occurred. Hard feelings lingered when a regional road construction foreman put an African-American in charge of rounding up help for local road improvements, a prominent white citizen named Jim Sperger was infuriated and became an agitator. Now rumors spread, warning of threats against Anglo citizens and plans for race riots. Whiteness malcontented manipulated the local Anglo population, and on July 29th, white hysteria transformed into bloodshed. Stoked and goaded by Sperger and others, a collection of white mobs made up of Slocum 
locals and heavily armed white residents from all over Anderson County roamed through the areas in groups of six or seven or in mobs of 30 to 40. And according to some reports, up to 200 members of the mob engaged in what authorities later termed a pot shot occasion, firing on black citizens at will. They moved from road to road and cabin to cabin, shooting down African-Americans in their tracks. Survivors of the bloodshed spread the word and African-Americans began fleeing. The white mobs followed blacks into the surrounding forests and marshes and shot many victims in the back as they fled. Several bodies were discovered with bundles of clothing and personal effects at their sides. Every initial newspaper report on the transpiring bloodshed portrayed the African Americans as armed instigators, but these accounts were heinous mischaracterization. Anderson County Sheriff William Black of Palestine, Texas, and Special Deputy Godfrey Fowler arrived in the Slocum area, and they discovered a terrified white populace, most of whom had slept overnight in churches and schoolhouses. But it was increasingly apparent that the alleged African-American mob that had supposedly conspired to attack the local white community hadn't materialized. When reporters gathered on July 31st, up to two dozen murders had been reported, but local authorities had only eight bodies. Sheriff Black said it would be difficult to find out just how many were killed because they were scattered all over the woods and buzzards would find many of the victims first. Men were going about killing Negroes as fast as they could find them, Sheriff Black told the New York Times. These Negroes had done no wrong that I can discover. I don't know how many were in the mob, but there may have been 200 or 300. They hunted the Negroes down like sheep. And every month for the six months leading up to the Slocum Massacre, an African-American in the East Texas region was executed by a white mob based on allegations alone. No trials, no juries, simply whiteness verdicts. After the lynching of Alan Brooks, just four months prior to the Slocum massacre, a photograph of his hanging body and a crowd of a hundred spectators were made into a postcard that was mailed to friends and family. My friends, that goes one step higher than discrimination. In fact, that goes a step higher than hatred. But yet they want us to get over it. And these injustices weren't exceptions to the rule. Rather, they were the rule under which African-Americans lived and died in that part of the world.
On August the 13th, 1910, a group of more than 150 African-American ministers from Washington, D.C., sent a letter to President Taft regarding the Slocum Massacre. In the letter, the committee implored President Taft to use the power of his great office to suppress lynchings, murders, and other forms of lawlessness and to do something to make human life more valuable and law more universally respected. The Attorney General responded on August 24th with a letter stating, The protection of life and property is generally a duty devolving up the state authorities. And continued, your letter and petition deal with the subject of the treatment of colored persons generally and therefore furnish no facts which would warrant this department in taking steps to redress the wrongs complained of. My friends, that just shows you how long lived the hypocrisy of all men were created equal. How could they expect anything out of Washington, D.C., when hatred and discrimination covered this whole country, north and south, and in secrecy still flourishing today? And at the initial grand jury hearing of the suspects charged in the Slocum atrocity, nearly every remaining resident was subpoenaed. Some refused to testify and were arrested. By the time the grand jury findings were reported on August the 17th, several hundred witnesses had been examined, although 11 men were initially arrested. Seven were indicted. The grand jury judge moved the trial to Harris County, distrusting the potential jury of peers the defendants might receive in Anderson County. The indictments received no interest or justice in Harris County. Eventually, all those charged were released and none of the indictments were ever prosecuted. In the meanwhile, the personal holdings of many Slocum area Anglo citizens furiously increased. The abandoned African-American properties were absorbed or re-proposed as the now majority white population saw fit. The standard Southern Anglo-centric world order was restored. The community reflects effects of the event to this day. While most nearby towns have African-American populations of 20% or more, Slocum is just under 7%. On January 16, 2016, a historical marker to the Slocum massacre was unveiled. In the Washington Post article, Constance Holland, who is a descendant of victims of the massacre and who applied for the historical marker, said this most definitely helps restore the Slocum massacre to its proper place. It was being ignored, and by ignoring it, you're spitting in the face of those who died during that tragic event. You're basically saying either it didn't happen 
for it was not important, and it is very, very important. Despite local opposition to the marker, Chris Florence, spokesman for the Texas Historical Society, told the Washington Post, there is difficult history in the state, and this shows there has been a lot of change. Hello, you're still dragging black people behind pickup trucks. But anyway, longtime state judge Bascom Bentley also noted, I'm glad the marker is there. It's part of our history, an ugly part. But the purpose of history is to teach us how to do better in the present and future. The atrocities committed in the Slocum area in 1910 should give us all pause and spur commitments to definitively establish the truth. Uh-oh, there's the word, the truth. Fully acknowledge it and honestly and constructively address it. So there you have it, my friends. The Slocum Massacre. They went in and they killed African Americans and took their properties. Now, here's my problem. If I rob a bank and take the money and give it to my family, couldn't my family be charged with receiving stolen property? And like the beach in California, shouldn't their property be given back to the original African-Americans that owned it? Because it wasn't sold or traded. It was taken. My friends, there are so many stories similar to the Slocum Massacre in our history. Or no, I won't say in our history. I will say in whiteness history that has never been told and never been mentioned. And people are ashamed of them and they don't want the world to know that their ancestors created these atrocities against us. You've got to realize that racism is a system of oppression based on race. And it's a problem nationwide and worldwide. You got to understand that everyone is either fighting racism or supporting it, whether actively or passively. And the fight goes on, my friends. And I will continue to drag the truth out of the darkness to you. Until next time, it has been my honor. <laughs>